News Talk 580 CFRA presents The Employment Hour with employment lawyer Lior Samfiru. And back at it once again about six minutes after five o'clock through us, through the phone line, 613-521-TALK. That is 8255. You want to call now, get your questions in. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Over the next hour, you have concerns about your job, your employment. That is why we are here. That is why Alex is here to answer all of your questions. So bring them on. Phone lines are wide open. We're ready for you. In the meantime, we got lots of stuff to talk about over this hour. We always start, uh, my brother, with the week that was. What is happening in your world? Hey, Johnny. Man, oh, man, what a busy week it's been. Busy couple of weeks, uh, actually. Yep. Lots of people calling us, lots of people turning into, tuning into the uh, TV show, The Employment Hour and 30, every Saturday morning. Uh, we're reaching more and more people, informing people, and, and that's obviously so good, John. I'm so happy, so very proud of the fact that people are listening into the radio show, uh, watching the TV program, and getting more informed, getting more educated about their rights in the workplace. Whether you're an employee out there or an employer out there, and you haven't heard the show before, uh, The Employment Hour... And you're thinking, what is the show? What are we? What are we talking about here? Well, this show is about you. It's about the listener. It's about your job. It's about your place mm-hmm. of work. It's about ins- ensuring that you know what your rights are, um, and ensuring that uh, that you know you spend most of your time at work. I said that you know last week, and you might have some questions about that. Can my boss do this to me, or can they do that to me? Are they allowed to change my pay? Can I get demoted for any particular reason? Uh, what what happens if I'm being harassed in the workplace? Yeah. Uh, what happens if I lost my job? And that's obviously the big one, you know. And, and the company's offered me this amount of money. Is that is that right? These are the kinds kinds of questions that we address uh, each and every uh, single week right mm-hmm. here. So tune in. Uh, of course, uh, all of you listening out there, if you have any questions, this is a live show in Ottawa. Please feel free to call in. If you're too shy to call in on the radio, give us a call. Uh, offline, John is going to say the number here a, a bunch of times over the course of the next hour. So, you know, do make a note of that number and give us a call if you're having any questions or concerns. We are more than happy to chat. Uh, and um, as per usual here, uh, John, we're going to get things started and get warmed up a little bit with the week that was. These are a couple of stories that came across my desk uh, this week. It's actually two people that I spoke to personally this week. Uh, so let's get things started. So, I had a call from a gentleman, and, and uh, this gentleman was actually uh, very happy and very proud that he called us. It was uh, it was an interesting call, and, and what happened to this gentleman uh, was that he was part of a group of three employees uh, and part of a sales team that was let go. So the company that he was working for lost a big contract, uh, and because of that, and that happened about a month ago, because of that, uh, they had to let these three salespeople go. Now, uh, what the company did, uh, and this is, this is typical of a, of a termination process, they walked each employee individually and separately into right. a room. That employee met with the sales manager who was their direct, uh, direct manager. And the sales manager, who I'm sure, you know, it was a stressful situation for him, I'm, I'm sure as well. But the sales, yep. sales manager had to tell him, your employment has come to an end. Uh, we're terminating your employment for X, Y, and Z reason. Here are these termination papers. It's confirming your termination, and it's giving you a severance offer. And that's you know, up until that point, that's 100% fine. That's the mm-hmm. usual way these kinds of things are done. The employer then did something terribly wrong, John. Uh, and, you know, f- for what it's worth, most employers will not do it this way. But this particular employer, this particular sales manager then said, here are the papers. Oh, and by the way, you need to sign this before you leave this office right oh, now. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. So he, he gave them effectively three minutes to, to look <laughs> at the documents and sign the documents with the employees having just been let go that very moment. And so, you know, unfortunately, and, and this is going to be a lesson, and this is why I'm, I'm telling the story, 
um, unfortunately, two out of those three employees signed the documents. Ah, pressure. Bru- absolutely brutal. And, of course, it's the mm. pressure from the employer. Now, our guy was very proud having called us because he was the one that listened to the radio show. And he actually said, no, I appreciate, uh, you know, you're asking me to sign the documents, but I'm not going to sign them. I'm going to take them home with me. And what he did is he gave us a call right away. So let me tell you a little bit about this guy's statistics. Okay. This guy was 47 years of age. Uh, he had been with the company for six years and in a sales position, as, as I mentioned. The company offered him three months of pay. Now, three months of pay may sound like, well, three months of pay, you might find the job in, a, in, in three months' time. Sure. But this guy being a six-year employee who's 47 years of age, I assist him at eight months of severance. Wow. So his offer was basically two and a half times less than what he was actually owed. Now, listen, I don't know what the other employees got because I haven't spoken to them or seen their, their contracts, but I could only imagine that it was just as deficient as a severance sure. offer, which means that those two employees, John, left, I would estimate, a good thirty to $50,000 on the table when they signed that document. So, you know, and, and you know, I, I feel terrible. It's a difficult situation. There's potentially what's called a duress argument, meaning if they were forced to sign and given no time to sign, we could somehow wiggle them out of that situation. But that's a very hard argument to make, uh, John, because they signed. There's likely very little we could do for them in that situation. Our guy, who knew what he was doing and knew that he shouldn't sign, we're going to actually get him a better severance package very, very easily, and we're in the process of doing that right now. I mean, never tie, you know, never mind taking a day or two or a week to go home. Need be, you have two years to make that decision. Exactly. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You and, and so, you know, like you said, you know, seven day deadline, ten day deadline, three day deadline. That's not how these kind of legal requirements no. work. You actually have two years to start a legal claim. I'm not telling anybody out there who's listening to to uh, to wait two years to get a severance package. But these deadlines that companies give you are, I won't say meaningless, but they're effectively there to pressure you into signing. Uh, an offer that is less than what you're actually owed. So what else, you know, that's uh, lesson what else, number one. Sure. What else? Uh, what else you got going on your plate? So here's the second uh, scenario, and, and the reason why I mention uh, this situation is because this is probably uh, the most obvious case, John, of an employee being terminated on a discriminatory grounds that I've seen in quite some time. Uh, so wow. let me get into it a little bit. So yeah. this this is a gentleman who called in. He was a 55 year old senior manager of a company. Um, pretty high up there as far as his position goes. He was only employed with the company for five months. So he started back in May, and he he got let go in kind of mid-October, let's say. Uh, On May 2nd, unfortunately for this gentleman, he got into a pretty bad car accident. So he busted his knee. He had to have surgery right away. He he fractured a vertebrae in in his back. It was a pretty serious situation. So he goes off on a medical leave on October 2nd. Uh, And uh, effectively what happens at that point is that he tells his employer, hey, I've just been uh, injured. Uh, I need to take a medical leave of absence. I'm having surgery in the coming weeks to repair my knee. I'm going to at least need at least six to eight weeks to heal from my surgery. And my doctor is telling me that my my rehabilitation is going to take as much as long as six months. So, and he tells his employer this. He provides huh. the documents that he needs to provide to confirm that. And employer, his employer effectively says, okay, that's fine. Now, you know John, I know John, and I would imagine most of our listeners know John, that you cannot terminate an employee in that situation. You cannot terminate an employee just because they've been on medical leave. What does this employer go out and do the next week? They terminate his employment. They don't give him a reason. They don't say, oh, your department is, is closed. They don't say, oh, uh, we, don't, we can't afford to pay you. They just terminate employment. They don't give him a reason. And 
you know, it's very obvious from the situation that no they, they let him go because he was on a medical leave. That is a huge, huge no-no. The company has stepped in a huge pile of you-know-what, and they're unfortunately going to yeah. have to pay for it now. And so we're going to be in the process of getting this, this gentleman what he's, what he's actually owed as far as a severance package goes. But not only that, uh, also some additional damages because of the way in which he's been treated. That'd be under the human rights damages, yeah? Exactly. That's a human rights yeah. violation, discrimination yeah. on the basis of a disability, which is what he had and which, which is what you would have if you got into an accident and had to take time off. Uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's a huge problem for the company. Off to a uh, rip-roaring start. We'll take uh, take a short break here. The phone line's open. I saw Claudio, but I think we lost him. If you want to call back Claudio, you can do so. And for you as well, 613-521-TALK. Call now. Let's talk. We'll get into more of our topics here on the Employment Hour. Myself and Alex here till 6 o'clock this afternoon, right here on News Talk 580 CFRA. Now back to the Employment Hour with employment lawyer Lior Samfiru. And we're back at it. Alex Luchaferro is here. Uh, Leora will be back next weekend. In the meantime, 613-521-TALK. That is the number to call in, ask your questions about your job, employment, something at the workplace has you scratching your head. Now is the time to call. And you can also get a hold of afterwards at 1-855-821-5900 and simply help at employmenthour.com. I want to talk about this, Alex, for the remainder, or at least part of the show anyway, maybe some emails later on. That is the worst times for an employer to terminate employment. There is a uh, there's a saying in uh, in this firm that Leonora, uh, Leora and I and yourself have had for some time, and that is do not mess with mama. The first one we're talking about is when an employee announces pregnancy or comes back from a maternity slash paternity leave. Talk about it. That's right, John. I think we were going to yeah. uh, we gonna trademark that phrase, if yeah, I'm not get it mistaken. On mugs. Don't, don't mess with mama is, is a big one. And for, and for that matter, hey, listen, I'm a father of three. Don't mess with yeah. papa either. Right? You bet. Uh, it's called, it, it's parental leave, so it applies to both men and men and women, and and that's certainly a big one. We've got a list of of these items. You know, worst time to terminate an, an employee in a situation like this. I mentioned one uh, in in the week that was, which is you know when an employee is on a medical leave. But mm-hmm. this is another huge one uh, that unfortunately we still see nowadays. And I, I you know I don't know why uh, these things happen, but they certainly do. Uh, and so for all of you employees out there and anyone who's on a parental leave or on a maternity leave. You should know that your employment cannot be terminated either while you are on uh, a pregnancy or parental leave or upon your return uh, from a parental leave or a pregnancy leave. Um, it cannot be terminated. Your, uh, pr- your employment is protected under the Employment Standards Act. It's protected under what's called common law. Uh, and the reason for that uh, is that, you know, historically speaking, uh, whenever a, a woman uh, typically would go on uh, some sort of leave, uh, that's when employers would say, oh, well, we need to replace this person. And, yeah. oh, you know what? We're not going to call them uh, back. We like the person that, that replaced. And maybe the person is a male and, and we don't have to deal with these kinds of leaves anymore. That is absolutely wrong, of course. Right. And that's no longer the case. Um, now, there are some very, very few exceptions. One of those exceptions is, listen, if your job is being eliminated, if, you know, if the department that you work in when you're coming back on from leave is closed, well, then clearly you cannot return to that position. It's pretty obvious right. in an example like that. And those things do happen sometimes. However, the law also protects employees coming back from a maternity leave or a parental leave in situations like that. Which uh, And the reason why is that it it protects you by saying, okay, well, if you can't return to your position because it's eliminated, they have to put you in a comparable position. So my my point here is that the law goes a long, long way to protect employees in these kinds of situations. Uh, And if an employer breaches that protection, they 
are going to be in big trouble. So for all you employers listening out there, do not mess with mama. If you have an employee coming back from a parental leave uh, and you're not happy with their performance or there's a particular issue, please reach out, get some legal advice in a situation like that. Don't just let an employee go in that kind of situation. It's going to cause you huge, huge problems. And so what I would keep saying, you know, what I would say with respect to uh, the second issue that we have here uh, is when yeah. harassment allegations are, are raised against uh, against a coworker or against the boss, that's another time that you cannot let an employee go in a, situa- in a workplace situation. Um, so, for example, in a situation where you file a complaint against someone and then a week later you get terminated, that's what's called a reprisal, John. So you cannot yep. uh, treat an employee differently because of that. I think we've got a caller coming through, so why don't, we, why don't, why don't I take a break here and we could deal with uh, – I, yeah. believe, I believe we have Tom coming in. Over, uh, yeah, Tom, what's up? How are you doing, pal? Uh, not too much. Uh, I get thir- uh, seventeen fifty an hour right now. I'm a fuel truck driver. People in the same business right now are getting anywhere from 20 to 25. Mm-hmm. Um, I've demanded it from my boss, $20 an hour. He keeps putting me off, putting me off. I've given him two weeks notice. Two weeks are up this Friday. I'm not coming in Friday. And uh, mm-hmm. either I get it or I don't. And if I don't, well, I walk. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough, Tom. You have every, you have every all- right to do that. Yeah, there's no way I can force him to pay, right? No, I mean, there's no, besides doing what you're doing, Tom, which is saying, listen, either you pay me what I think is fair or I'm walking, there's no legal mechanism by which we can come in and enforce an increase in wage. If he was somehow paying you less than minimum wage or, you know, if there was some sort of very clear violation of employment standards, then, of course, we'd be able to do something for you. But this is a simple, you know, basically salary negotiation Listen, if he doesn't pay you what you're actually owed, then he doesn't deserve to uh, to have the benefit of your services. So if you found something better somewhere else, uh, or if you think you're going to find something better somewhere else at an actual decent wage for what you do, listen, more power to you, my friend. Please, you know, go ahead and go for it. From a from a legal perspective, there's there's not much we can do for you there. But I know exactly right. why you're doing what you're doing. Uh, another quick question. Was, sure, go ahead. Sure. Uh, uh, I had it a second ago. I forgot. Forget it. <laughs> well, if you, if you think about it, it, just, it just went. It went right away. Don't worry, Tom. Tom, when you think of that question, feel free to email in. Feel free to give us a call. Yeah, uh, we're more than happy to to chat and answer any employment questions. Oh, we, we pride ourselves I, on that. There I, it is. There's the question. <laughs> fired for not wanting to work weekend. Oh, that's a, that's a good follow up question. Yeah, good follow-up question, and, and uh, it's, it's a pretty straightforward answer. So, I, I mean, you know, and, and keep in mind, Tom, that an employer does have the right to let an employee go. It really doesn't have to have a particular reason. If the reason is because an employee doesn't want to work the weekend, then listen, that employer could make the call to let that employee go. But there's a big catch there, and the catch is if you're going to let that employee go, you've got to pay them severance. So, you know, if what you're asking is could that, could that employer terminate me for misconduct, or insubordination because I'm not working the weekend, the answer is absolutely not. They can't. They can't terminate you and not offer you severance or not offer you any kind of pay. What they can do is say, well, if you're not going to work the weekends, we're going to let you go, but they're going to have to offer you a reasonable severance package based upon your age, position with the company, and years of service. Right. Okay, thank you very much. That helps a lot. Yeah, my pleasure, Tom. Nice speaking with you.
Thanks, yeah. Tom. Appreciate that. Do you need any more information from here on end? Very simple. one 821 5900 is the number. Simply help at employmenthour.com. We're talking about worst times for an employer to terminate employment. And you were talking about workplace harassment. Somebody will say, you know, there's harassment and there's real harassment. It doesn't matter. Under under what things are underneath that, that, that umbrella or that banner of harassment? Yeah, so when we're talking about harassment in the workplace here, John, I mean, it doesn't have to be the crystal clear examples of physical, uh, you know, physical violence or verbal assault. There are a lot of uh, kind of uh, more... Subtle, subtle ways guess, yeah. that that an employer can can harass. It could be by way of a demotion. It could be an employer kind of taking a bunch of your responsibilities away from you uh, and, and and treating you poorly. So you know, listen. That that's not to say that someone not saying good morning to you in the morning is, is considered harassment. Um, and and there's no you know there's no clear line here. It ultimately depends mm-hmm. on the entire context of an employee's. Uh, employment relationship with the company, but you know, for anybody who feels as though they're being harassed in the workplace, listen. There's probably a reason why you feel that way, right? Don't just uh, don't yeah. don't don't just tuck those emotions, de- you know, uh, deep and say, oh, maybe it's just me. No, you need to talk to somebody when you're feeling that they, uh, that way at work. There's a reason why you're feeling that way at work, and in most cases, we can resolve situations like that. Maybe we can coach the employee behind the scenes as to what they should be doing in the workplace. Mm-hmm. If you know, if not behind the scenes, we can actually get involved in the in the employment relationship, extract the employee from that situation, and get them a severance package. And you know, as I was saying previously, one of the worst kinds of situations that you can see in a situation like that is when an employee raises the issue of harassment and says, "Hey, you know, I've had a colleague, and for the past four or five weeks, you know, they keep swearing at me. Uh, you know, he ke- he keeps stealing my uh, my leads. Uh, he keeps doing X, Y, and Z to me." And the employer says, oh, okay, yeah, we'll look into this and we'll get back to you in a couple of weeks' time. And then a week later, that employee is let go. And so what does an employee think in a situation like that? They think, yeah. man, I should have kept my mouth shut and this would have never happened. And that's not the right way to think about things. That, that is a huge violation of your rights as an employee. If you've been let go because you raised issues of the way in which you've been treated at work, not only are you going to get a, a severance package that might even be bumped up because of the way in which you've been treated, you'll likely get additional damages for, again, violations of the Human Rights Code in Ontario, violations of the Health and Safety Act. Every employer in the province, John, has an obligation to maintain a health and safety work environment. That applies to harassment situations as well. It applies to mental health. And so if you're in a situation like that as an employee, you've, you've got to get help, whether it's from us or, you know, if you don't like us, go speak with another, another employment lawyer. But, you know, I'd encourage you to reach out in situations like that as an employee. You know, is, is it not true if you're, you know, your spidey sense, so to speak, is telling you that there's harassment going on? You raise the issue. It turns out there was no harassment and you were incorrect. You cannot be fired for raising that. That would be a reprisal, right? Same, same logic applies. No, you can't right. be treated j- differently just because you filed a complaint and it turns out, oh, maybe, you know, maybe there was a reason why something sure. happened or, you know, maybe there are two sides of a story and it turns out that the company decides to do nothing. Yeah. I mean, again, you still want to get advice in a situation like that, but you cannot be punished because you raised an issue in the in the workplace. They have to investigate it seriously, and they cannot treat you differently because you raised that issue. The worst times for an employer to terminate employment. We'll get to that. Contracts of employment and your phone calls as we go into a break here. Got time to uh, dial the phone call in. We'd love to talk to you just like Tom did. Uh, that number is 613-521-TALK. It's the Employment Hour right here, News Talk 580 CFRA.
Now back to the Employment Hour with employment lawyer Lior Samfiru. Alex continues here this afternoon. You want to call, talk to Alex, ask your question, 613-521-TALK. We'd love to hear from you for the uh, the remainder of the show. You have questions about your job, your severance, doesn't matter. Bring it on. We'll we'll answer them all in the meantime. The talk, uh, topic we've been going on about uh, so far, pal, the worst times for an employer to terminate employment. This one is under the uh, banner of way too obvious, and that is getting canned, getting let go right before an employee is due a large bonus or commission payment. It's not hidden too well. Yeah, that's right, John. And I mean, yeah. uh, you know, employers try and pull a fast one when when <laughs> when, uh, when a situation like this comes along, and you could see it from a mile away, as, as you just said. And, and so, you know, let let me be clear, and maybe maybe take a step step back and start at the beginning here. When an, when an employee is is let go in almost every single situation, John, they are owed severance based on mm-hmm. upon their age, position, and years of service. That's going to be uh, significant. It's going to be way significant, way more significant than what their minimum entitlements uh, would be. Uh, it's what we call their common law or full entitlements when it comes to severance. And as part of that, what the law requires is that an employer pay all components of compensation yes. during that entire period. So if your severance period is 12 months, well, guess what? You're going to get 12 months of base salary. You're going to get 12 months of bonus. You're going to get 12 months of benefits. You're going to get 12 months of you name it, basically every single component of your compensation. The only things that, that aren't included in mm-hmm. that package, typically speaking, are things like vacation pay. Uh, vacation pay doesn't last the entire severance period. It'll only last for the minimum period. And other you know, more minor details, like maybe the use of a company's cell phone or the use of a laptop, those things aren't usually included. And the value there is very minimal in any event. But yeah. when we're talking about you know a bonus or a commission payment, we're talking about you know, let's say salespeople or people in in uh, management positions that get a regular bonus each and every year. An employer cannot let that employee go on December in December, for example, and this happens often. Let them go in December when their bonus was due in January for 2018. Right. That's not how it works. They can't just pay the, the employee base salary when they let them go in a situation like that. They've got to ensure that they get that bonus. Because, you know, effectively we're talking about notice of termination here. And so if we're, we're talking about a 12-month severance period, we should put that employee in the same position he or she would have been had she received 12, mo- 12 months notice of her termination. So had she been around for the next 12 months, she would have received that bonus in January. Right. She would have received her benefits for the next year. And that's the way the law works in a situation like that. And so if you've been let go... Uh, and, and this happens every single day, John. I kid you not. We see these packages yep. every single day. If you've been let go and you've been offered base salary only and you're owed a bonus or you're owed commission payments, please give us a call. Don't accept an offer on base salary only. Don't you know? Don't have your benefits continue only for a couple of months into your severance period. You should be talking about all components of your compensation continuing throughout that entire period. If you want to reach out to uh, Alex anytime, you can do so. one 821 when the show is not on the air. Help at employmenthour.com. I can see when it comes to commissions and salespeople especially that uh, what the company will do as their reaction to to being told they have to pay those commissions, I'll say, well, no, no, the, the, the deal hasn't closed yet. You know, we even signed off with the potential client. You know, the whole thing's not done. Although the salesperson who's been let go, what if their part's already done? They've already done their work. They've washed their hands of the deal. But the company's going to say, oh, the deal hasn't closed yet. Therefore, you don't get your commissions. What do you think about that? Yeah, that's a great question, John. And you're exactly right. That's exactly the defense, quote unquote, that the employer will put up yeah. in a situation like that. And, and you nailed it when you said that if that, you know, if, let's say we're talking about a salesperson, if that salesperson did everything they had to do to earn those commissions, they had the employee, they, they had the, the client sign 
they you know they did every single they dotted every i they crossed every t uh, and yeah. they are looking at a commission payment three months down the road and that's within their severance period guess what they're owed that commission and the law is crystal clear on this issue john it's not like this is going to be some sort of argument or some sort of debate there is no question they're owed that commission want to move on to uh, contracts of employment. Why is the, the contract? I mean, not everybody has. Generally, now you see them. They're much more in-depth. Sometimes it's a handshake or years ago was. Why, why is that employment, the contract, one of the most important documents that a person will sign in their lifetime? And we mean that, right? We absolutely mean that. And, and again, it goes back to something I said at the start of this program, which is you spend you know, a, a significant portion of your time in your place of work. It's how you make a living. It's how you support yourself, support your family, buy a house, uh, you know, uh, yeah. you know, pay for your hobbies, you name it. You know, your employment income is, is a huge, huge part of how you live your life. And so when you're signing a contract with an employer that details very specific terms about the way in which your employment is going to go, what you're going to do, how you're going to get paid – how that looks exactly, what the company can do if it decides to let you go, et cetera, et cetera. That is a huge, huge deal. You don't want to just blindly, you know, look at the pay, look at the vacation and say, you know what, this is all, you know, it's a 10-page it's a contract, John, but this is all good. I like the pay, so I'm just going to sign off. That's the wrong approach, and I'm sure you know it's the, it's the wrong approach, and most people probably know that's the wrong approach, but you want to make sure that you're getting legal advice in a situation like that. We review these contracts. It's part of our job. If you have a contract in hand and, you know, listen, ideally it is a handshake and off you go. Or ideally it's a very bare bones contract that confirms pay, vacation and benefits from an employee's point of view. That's the best case scenario, John, because what that means is that you are not limited in any way when it comes to your employment or your severance entitlements. But if you've got an, you know, five page, 10 page contract in front of you. Guess what? There are going to be terms in that contract that limit your rights as an employee. You want to make sure you're getting advice in a situation like that because it might come back to bite you. Okay, let's 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 nail down that a little bit. Let's get into that a little more because naturally, for someone listening who is who is unfamiliar with the show or employment contracts, they would think, "No, no, okay, well, I got a, I got a one-page, single-page contract here, but my my buddy or my sister, whoever got this big thirty-page booklet, they're more secure than me. I feel like I'm getting ripped off here." It's the other way around. They should not be thinking that, no? Exactly. You're exactly right, John. It's the other way around. When an employer is introducing a lengthy employment contract to an employee, there's only one one reason that they're doing it. They're doing it to protect themselves. They're doing it to reduce their liability and reduce their exposure. They're not going to hand an employee a 10-page contract that's extremely generous to the employee. Doesn't, it, it simply doesn't make sense. They've, you know, as the employer, they've probably gotten legal advice on their end, and their lawyer, the lawyer for the employer, has told them you want to have these employees sign contracts for X, Y, and Z reason, and X, Y, and Z reason are all there to limit what a company would have to pay you in the event that they let you go, right. or just limit your your rights uh, as an employee and what you can do in a situation like that. And let's get into a couple of, of different examples of that. So the first one. Well, yeah, I mean, it's yeah. So I was going to say most people are so concerned about how much vacation and how much pay, and that's usually where they stop. What are the things you really should be looking out for? Yeah, so I've got I've got uh, two two maybe three in mind if we can get to it. Uh, terms okay. that are are often seen in employment contracts that are you know significant in length. And again, it doesn't necessarily have to be ten pages. It could be three pages. But if you see if you see these items or these headings in an offer letter as an employee. 
the uh, the warning light should be going off on your mind, and you should be giving okay. us a call to review this. The first one is is uh, termination language. So if there's a paragraph in your employment contract that's called termination, uh, there's there is likely language in that contract that is going to limit your entitlements in the event that you're let go. And so an employer will try and limit your severance to either the minimums under the Employment Standards Act, which is going to be bare, mo- bare bones. It might yeah. be a week per year of service. It might be a couple of weeks per year of service. Or there's going to be some sort of other formula there that tries to limit your severance entitlements. Regardless of what the formula is, John, there's only one reason that termination language is there, and it's to limit your severance. If there is no such language in your employment contract, is if your contract is completely silent on the issue of termination, which a lot are, Oh. Your your severance is going to be based on your age, position, and years of service, and it's going to be significantly more than what is in any kind of contract, what an employer is going to introduce, or what the minimums are under the Employment Standards Act. So that's number one, termination. Con- How about uh, something like a non-competition term? We can get to that one before we break. Yeah, so we, uh, we see these quite often when it comes to yep. managerial employees or directors or senior kind of sales reps. Uh, we get non-competition or non-solicitation clauses. Now, these are clauses introduced to limit what an employee can do after they've either resigned or, or been let go. Okay. So it'll say something like, for the next six months following the end of your employment, you cannot work for any other competitor of the business. Again, that's something you want to be very, very careful about. Number one, from the employer's point of view, and once in a while, John, I put on the employer hat and, and speak to employers, yep. although I mo- mostly speak to employees. But when we're talking to employers, listen, if you're an employer introducing that kind of clause, you want to make sure that it's enforceable because you can't limit an employee from from competing with you for two years. It, it's not going to happen. The courts will strike that down very, very quickly. So you want to keep the kind of competition uh, extremely limited in terms of time, in terms of geographic region, and in terms of what that employee can and can't do. You can't limit, limit them from working per- permanently. Uh, from the employee's point of view, again, if yeah. you're looking at a situation where if you resign, you can't work in your industry for six months, mm-hmm. it's probably not something you want to agree with. So uh, you know, I would say that those clauses, especially if this company wants you and really wants you to work with them, uh, right. those clauses are, are negotiable. And you can definitely work in language there that it will be to the employee's benefit rather than to the employer's benefit. We know they're negotiable. You can do that. But are they enforceable? We're going to tackle that one when it comes to these non-competition terms and agreements in just a bit. In the meantime, we'll take a short break. You want to call through 613-521-TALK. would love to talk to you right here on the Employment Hour. News Talk 580-CFRA. Now back to the Employment Hour with employment lawyer Lior Samfiru. Alex Luchaferro is uh, holding the reins and doing the entire hour again this week. Lior will be back next week. Your phone calls, uh, 613-521-TALK, right till uh, close to 6 o'clock. You can call through and ask your questions about your job, your employment, your contract. We are talking about that in contracts of employment. We mentioned the non-compete, not so much non-solicitation. That's fairly enforceable. But uh, non-competes, are they really enforceable? And can you just ignore them if they're not? Well, John, I mean, and as I mentioned before the break, uh, they, they have to be extremely restrictive in, in the sense right. that they cannot be for an extended period of time. They cannot restrict you from working you know, across the province or across, you know, forget about across the province, across Canada. Uh, and, and they have to be very restrictive in terms of the type of job that you're doing. So something like restricting an employee for two years 
to not work in the province at all in any kind of sales capacity whatsoever if you're a salesperson you know that's not even and i say this without exaggeration john it's not even going to be the worth the paper that it's written on that yeah. is not enforceable but however if you're restricting an employee for let's say 3 months in the city of ottawa or in a very specific region of the city of ottawa mm-hmm. and you're doing it strictly in the i don't know uh, dental practice or something along, or as a dental sure. hygienist for example that kind of clause that, is, that again is very short in terms of time that's very specific to a specific position uh, and, and that's very clear as to when where the geographic region that is applies that it applies to that's going to be enforceable and the reason why the courts have said that is because it's reasonable for a business when it's losing an employee to have to take a bit of time to make sure that you know their clients are taken care of that there's a transition in place uh, from one employee, let's say, to another. And, and so that's deemed as reasonable and it's deemed as unreasonable right. for an employee, let's say, to steal a bunch of clients when, when they leave. So, you know, that's, that's one issue that comes up. There's another one that I wanted mm-hmm. to mention, which is, uh, which is a temporary layoff clause in a uh, contract. Of course. And again, we're talking about terms in contracts that will uh, potentially limit what an employee can do or what rights they have in the workplace. Things that you have to be very, very careful about when you're signing an employment contract. We mentioned termination language. Be careful about a paragraph that's titled termination in your contract. Or if your contract mentions termination at all, that's going to benefit the employer. That language is not there to help you out, employee. As an employee, it's better that your contract doesn't mention anything about severance. The second uh, and kind of major issue that we see is in a lot of contracts, and more and more nowadays we see this, uh, there will be uh, a paragraph or there will be a couple of lines that say, uh, in the event that we, the employer, have to temporarily lay you off, you agree that we are allowed to do so. That's a, that's a big deal for an employee. No You're kidding. basically handing the employer the right to basically sit you on the bench, not earn any income, but you're not terminated. I mean, that's a huge deal. So if you see anything about temporary layoffs in a contract, that is something that should, again, fire a warning shot in your mind, uh, all you employees out there. You want to get advice in situations like that because if you're going to allow an employer to temporarily lay you off, the way the law works is that as a starting point, an employer is not allowed to do that. So you have a right as an employee, if you've been temporarily laid off and it's not a term in your contract, you have a right to just leave and get a severance package. And that's the better option because, again, you don't want to sit on the bench and wait for an employer to call you back to work and not receive any income during that period. Um, And you could leave and get a severance package in that situation. But if it's in your contract, well, then guess what? You're out of luck. I can't help you. No employment lawyer can help you in a situation like that. You have to accept that layoff if it happens. And by signing off on a term like that, again, we're talking about contracts of employment, by signing off on a term like that, you're relinquishing a very, very valuable right you have as an employee. And so my advice would be to not sign any contract that has a temporary layoff clause. At the very least, you want to get some advice on a situation like that. In your contract, those are three very important words. Let me, you know, I think we got time to squeeze this one in. How about... um Probation. People assume and they think just like a week per year is a, a, a big misleading thing about employment. People assume that every job they have and go to is automatic. You know, three month probation is automatic in every job. That is that is the nature of an employment contract, is it not? Probation is not automatic. 
That's such a great, great question, John. I mean, uh, honestly, you've been doing this for so long. I think you might, you yeah, might right. be just as good a lawyer as, as some of us in our in our office. I won't speak for myself. I think I'm a pretty <laughs> pretty darn good lawyer, but but uh, you certainly know what you're talking about, and that's a great point, uh, John. Uh, probationary periods, probationary periods. Everyone thinks that automatically, as you just said, uh, you know, the first three months of your employment, your employer could kind of do what they what they want with you. If they don't like you for whatever mm-hmm. reason, they could just let you go. That's not the case. Um, you know, effectively, if you are let go within the first couple of months of your employment, you're still going to be owed a severance package. As we discussed on last week's show, even as a short-term employee, John, you're still going to be looking at a significant severance package. I, I mean, uh, a colleague of mine who's out in Vancouver, Leah, Leah Moody, who you know well, John, uh, you know, yep. she, she just oh, recently yeah. got a six-month severance package for a six-month employee. I mean, so we're not, you know, wow. we're not playing around here. We're talking about significant amounts of money potentially. However, and here's the big catch for all employees out there, if you have a term in your employment contract that does have a probationary period, and it's typically a three-month period because that's what the Employment Standards Act provides, well, then if the company decides to, go, to let you go within that period, there's every possibility that they would owe you zero as a severance package. So probationary periods, you're right. Look out for those. Uh, you know, if this is a situation where you as an employee has a bit of the upper hand in your contract negotiations, maybe the company right. desperately needs to to replace a, a position and they really, really want you, but their contract has a probationary period. You have every right as a, as a p- prospective employee in that situation to say, you know what, if you guys want me that badly and you think I'm going to do such a great job in my position, no, let's forget about this three-month probationary period. You could scratch that right off. And again, I mean, in these kinds of negotiations, it is about leverage. It's about kind of who wants who more. You know, right. I'll be honest and say, if, if you as an employee are desperate for a job uh, and and kind of you're willing to, to to just take the job regardless of the terms, you know, you you might have to you might have to kind of bite that bullet and accept whatever the company is proposing. But if there's at all uh, the semblance that the company really really wants you here, trust me, they're going to be willing to negotiate. Great for another week, my friend. Uh, fantastic job as always. A lot of information here. If there's something you, uh, you're you scratching your head about after the show, simply you can reach out to Alex anytime. It's 1-855-821-5900. Email is help at employmenthour.com. And before you sign off on anything, especially severance papers, you go to severancepaycalculator.com as well. Find out what you're really owed. You're really owed. And then after that, you reach out to Alex again. Until next time, this has been the Employment Hour right here on News Talk 580 CFRA.